Welcome to Accelerate Your Wealth, a podcast by Rebecca Robertson, founder and director of Evolution Financial Planning. This season, we'll be covering all things wealth, from owning it to maximizing it. For further information, or if you'd like help accelerating your wealth directly, please do contact us. Head over to our website, www.rebeccarobertsonevo.co.uk. Welcome to this podcast show where I'll be speaking to the lovely Sarah Cook. And a little bit about Sarah. She is a marketing and business coach for the health and wellness professionals. And she specializes in providing clarity and strategy to provide a business model that increases financial stability and profits without burnout. As a certified holistic health and massage therapist, athlete, she played for England, and an award-winning serial entrepreneur with over 20 years in health marketing. Sarah has lived and breathed wellness all her life. Uh, Having built her own multi-tiered sustainable business model, she knows the strategies to scale a business whilst keeping flexible lifestyle. Sarah's work has been featured in multiple publications, including The Telegraph, The Daily Mail, Metro, NatWest Business Online. After spending spending seven years living and working in Asia, Sarah returned back to to her hometown where she grew up and now lives in Hertfordshire, England with her husband and two young children. Let's get chatting to Sarah. The title of our talk today is called How to Look After Your Key Asset in Business, which, big shocker, is not actually your marketing assets. Um, It's not your investment assets or assets you're creating in your business or revenue streams. Actually, the greatest asset and the biggest asset in your business is you. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that today. So Sarah Cook, she is joining me. And hello, Sarah. Those that are watching back on the YouTube will see your lovely face and smiling back. Obviously, those on the podcast won't. So uh, they can only hear you. Um, but I'm just going to do a very brief introduction to Sarah and what she does. So Sarah, actually, I've just discovered, I didn't know this, uh, played for England. Um, and I said, what, what did you play? I was thinking football or cricket, or I don't even know why cricket came into my head, but it was lacrosse. And all I could think about was a horse that I have down the yard, which is called lacrosse. <laughs> um, so, but I know it's that stick with the thing at the end. And she told me that was right. Yes. Um, so she played for England and then had, I let her tell her story, but she had a situation where she could no longer walk and she had to make some huge life changes. She went on to be a regional sales manager abroad, again, hitting a, a bit of a brick, ball, brick wall um, by, by, you know, having a successful uh, business or working in a successful business. But it came to a point where, again, the health and her own well-being was being suffered because of it. Um, so had another change again and then re uh, learn into a completely different practice, become a health practitioner and again, hit a ceiling and hit a wall. And she's going to be sharing her journey today about why we are the greatest asset and what we could be doing to support that, which will in effect help our business and help our families and ensure that we're continuing to be consistent and delivering and doing the things that we need to do to make a difference in the world and have the revenue that we want. So welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. That's all right. I'm, I'm glad that I remembered what lacrosse was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is one of those sports that not, not everyone knows what it is, but go and well, Google it. It's quite interesting. Because it it's not a normal sport. Did you go to some really posh private school or something? 
I did go to a private school, but yeah, it was the sport that was played there. I played a whole load of other sports as well. So, but, um, and excelled at quite a few. I played a lot, a lot of sports at county level, um, but also then went on to play lacrosse for England um, for about five Amazing. or six years. Amazing. What did you think? Why do you think you was really good at lacrosse? I think it was just a mix of um I mean, it's, the, it's the fastest ball game on two feet um and I loved that kind of adrenaline the yeah. excitement of it um I love being part of a team I love that sort of team sport side of things as well I did play a lot of netball um but yeah I think just it's a, it's a big, big pitch yeah I'm quite tall so um yeah I think just that sort of mix of being good at something knowing that I could excel at it um but also how it made me feel um not just at that sort of high level but actually just you know being on a pitch being able to to win being able to you know be part of a team and and sort of see the highs and the lows I think sport is one of those amazing things that really sort of puts you in a good stead for whatever you choose to do in life yeah no I love that definitely I mean I I horse ride and it's 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 only a team sport in the sense of with me, me and the horse and that that's the team um, and you have to have a connection with that horse and trust it. You know, you're literally sometimes running at fences and you have to trust it that it's going to jump it. Um, but I, I, when I was at school, um, I used to play football for the school football team. And um, I, I preferred hockey in some respects. I was very good at football and I played football with my brother. I was a bit of a tomboy um, and I was always actually picked. I wasn't the, like the last girl left of all, you know, all the boys picked quite quick. Um and um but I played uh, I preferred playing hockey because I just like bashing people around the leg uh, with a stick it's quite aggressive sport really it was a bit of that yeah my mind was around the head actually with the sticks being up in the air so it was like wow. the other end but yeah <laughs> so tell us what happened so you you were obviously working you're playing for England right and then you had something happen and you couldn't walk what, yeah that's what right happened yeah so I played for England for about five or six years um and then had a serious injury. Um, I ripped a lot of the ligaments and tendons in my ankle, um, which meant that I had to have foot reconstruction. And that meant that I had to learn to walk again. Um, and also meant that I kind of couldn't play sport for a year. Um, I think it was one of those big, big testing points of the sort of mental resilience, you know, playing at that sort of level anyway, you need to have the physical kind of side of things the physical health of you know what you're eating the strength side of things the fitness that's all really important um I hadn't at that age hadn't really thought about the sort of mental side of things the mental health mental resilience um but when you're hit with a bit of a serious injury and you're told that you have to learn to walk again you can't play any sport that you enjoy doing that was a real tough time for me and I think it was one of those real key decisions that you either sit on the sofa and wait for something to happen or, you know, you actually follow the physio advice and you get up and you do those exercises. You do that strength work to get you back to where you want to go to. Um, and I wasn't ready to sit on the sofa at 21. And that was the end of me and my life. You know, I wanted so much more than that. Um, so, yeah, that kind of led me into, I suppose, really understanding the the other side of health, the sort of mental health side of things, which you know, many years ago, it feels like many years ago now, um, wasn't so prevalent. You know, we hear a lot about health being the physical side of things, what we eat, how we exercise, but actually the mental health side of things, um, that resilience was something that I really had to kind of dig deep and and kind of make myself do, I suppose. Amazing. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did, right? So sometimes those low moments that we have, and we've all had them in different ways, are 
what allow us to become the version that we are today right and that led you on to work in in the health profession and recognizing that you needed to be you know healthy all round and working for a company which then led to you living abroad and having other opportunities and traveling so you know if that hadn't have happened what where you know what path would you have gone on from there really definitely I think that sort of wanting to be more wanting to do more wanting to feel more I suppose as well was that kind of catalyst that you know you're at that sort of crossroads of decision and you either decide to go one way or the other and for me that wasn't enough I still wanted to do more um I have always wanted to combine business and health and wellness but I couldn't really see how to do that especially being a woman in sport um and where I ended up getting to was um, qualifying. I did a university degree in business and marketing, continued playing my sport and then going into a healthcare company um, so that I could mix. That was my way of mixing health and and business Um, and worked across all sorts of different kind of health modalities from pain relief to stop smoking, allergies, um, all sorts of different things, nutrition and weight loss um, in different areas as well. So sales, marketing, business development, um, and then I was quite, I suppose I was still quite young. Um, I'd met my husband quite young as well at university and we were living in London and kind of got to that point again of going, actually, we want more than this. Um, you know, we're still young, didn't want to kind of settle down and have kids at that stage. Um, and that sort of rest of the world was out there. And that was the sort of catalyst again of going, actually, let's try, let's see what's out there. And at at that point, we thought about both quitting our jobs and going traveling for the year. Mm. Um, And then an opportunity came up for us to move abroad to um, to Singapore. It was a one year contract for my husband. um, And so we decided that we'd make that move out there. Seven years later, we were still there and um, really enjoying the travel, really enjoying the lifestyle. Um, but kind of along those seven years, um, I was regional marketing manager out there and doing a lot of traveling, sort of day trips from Singapore up to Malaysia, short hops across to Australia, which sounds really glamorous. But when you're doing, I think I had one point where I did seven countries in seven days wow. and that was insane. It was just in and out of a plane, airports, doing my trainings, doing the events and moving on to the next one. And it's exhausting. Wherever you are in the world, that's exhausting. Um, and I really recognized actually as much as I was loving my job, I was loving the travel. I was heading very quickly towards corporate burnout. Um, At that point, I also found out that I was pregnant and that was a catalyst for me going, I really need to look after myself. If I'm going to look after this unborn baby inside me, I've got to make some changes, got to shift things around a bit. Um, And kind of long story short, I suppose when I had my son, um being an expat in Singapore you only had two months maternity leave at that time um six weeks after giving birth which was a hideous birth um really really long physically emotionally really hard work we really nearly lost him as well he nearly died during birth and with being abroad I didn't have any family and friends support network that a lot of people tend to have Mm. um so that was another trigger point for me of going there's no way I'm going back into the corporate world right now I I can't do that I want to sit he's six weeks old I couldn't even sit down properly so that just wasn't gonna happen um and there was a trigger point here I think he was about four months old and it was you know after another night feed about four o'clock in the morning and I'd been thinking about it for a while um but I signed up for a holistic health and massage therapy course um not to turn it into a business more just to learn something that I was interested in having had that experience with my injuries and playing sport knowing the importance of looking after your your physical health would help me from a mental health perspective as well 
Um, and as part of that training, I had to do various kind of, you know, client sort of testimonials, physical practice. Um, and it got to a point where those people were saying, well, how can we rebook you? How can, how can I carry on having this? And I hadn't really given it much thought because I'd done it just for my pure, pure enjoyment, really. Um, but I thought actually this could work. I could, could have a business that fits around my son that is flexible. Um, and I think a lot of women, when they've got babies or young Mm. children, that's kind of what you want, isn't it? You want to have a work life that fits around your family, fits around your young children. Um, and I became fully booked within five months, which was amazing. And I think all of my sort of marketing and business experience up to that point had really helped me know where to show up, know what to do. Um, However, fully booked led to different problems and I was lo- I lost that flexibility because my business then started being run on my clients' terms that I was trying to fit them into times that I didn't necessarily want to work. It was creeping into time with my husband um, and I'd also hit an income ceiling. I couldn't, you know, because I had sort of similar boundaries, I, I, I couldn't work 24-7, which meant I couldn't help more people, which meant I couldn't earn more money. Um, and still being abroad at that time, we'd quite often come back to the UK for sort of six weeks at a time to see family and friends or for weddings or whatever it was. And I couldn't earn any money during that time either. There was, this, you know, that period that I was away from my clients meant I wasn't earning money. Um, so, yes, it was it was great. And that's I know what a lot of people aspire to, to get to is that fully booked stage. But actually, for me, I then really started assessing my business model, how I wanted to have my boundaries, being with my children at that point, um, sort of, well, sort of a couple of years later, I had two children under two. So again, another sort of strain on time and energy. Um, And I had to really, really develop my business model into something that was going to work for me, income-wise, time-wise, and lifestyle-wise. And for me, those are the three kind of key areas. It's all about time, money, and lifestyle. And normally one of those things gets kind of pulled upon or strained. I didn't want to have that. I wanted to be able to have all three of those. Um, so that's when I started adding in sort of physical product lines, um, digital products, courses, collaborations, workshops, all lots of different ways of making money, but actually on my terms in a way that I could still see my family. Um, and I think all of that kind of came about because of the experiences that I'd had both physically impacting me as well as mentally impacting me. Mm. And that's kind of led me now into really supporting other health and wellness business owners and everybody else being super passionate about actually you can live a a business and have a life in the ways that you want to. It's just understanding how to do that. And it always goes back to what your financial goals are and what your lifestyle goals are. Not one of those. It's about both of them. And we talked right at the beginning about you being the CEO of your business and you being the most important asset. Um, And I think this is so important as women in business, as mums, as people who are juggling so many different things. We're always going to be pulled in different ways, aren't we? We're always going to have different things that are going to request our time, whether it's clients, whether it's family, whether it's something else that's going on. Um, But I kept coming back to this. If I'm going to look after the people that I want to, clients or family, I have to look after myself first and I'm really yeah just talking earlier with I'm so passionate about us as a CEO trying to really take that stance within your business of looking after your biggest asset and that is you it has to be you because if you don't if you're ill or you can't work 
you can't help the people that you want to. And for me, that that's really exciting. And I think part of that is my health and wellness background, but also being a mum, being pulled in all these different directions, plus wanting to help as many people as I can do. Um, and I can do that now that I've got a business model that that does work for me. Brilliant. And I, lo- and I love how hearing people's journey around that, like in terms of, you know, where you started and how that sort of was up, the ebbs and the ups and the downs, the ebbs and the flows of life. Um, and that's led you to where you are today I mean it's a really interesting subject and when I talk on other people's podcast shows about you know that whole life balance and the business model and you know balancing with lockdown and kids and homeschooling and everything else and I, I do think there's a lot of people that have had to hold on with fingernails teeth gritted um, to keep their businesses going over this period of time. And for others, it's just been a case of absolutely easy. Their business is flown by, but it's not been necessarily easy on them personally because they've had to, you know, like you say, they've had to give up something or something's got to give. You, 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 can't, you can't be doing all the hours that God sends and then not be okay. You will get tired. And then when you finish work, you've still got other stuff to do. And what I hear more than anything, particularly for women, is um like the pinnacle point where they're really happy and they're feeling like they've made it is when they get a cleaner because they sort of feel like they haven't got to then worry about the dishwasher and worry about the kids uh, you know the toys being messy or whatever else and um I, I think a lot of women get quite worried about you know the house being a certain way and things feeling energetically a certain way and my husband said to me yesterday um like you're 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 going to be ultra ultra wealthy Becky and I said why do you say that I said because you are really bad at domestic stuff I was like (laughs) why great thanks and I was on a podcast show the other day and they said oh yeah I don't like it when you know the house is a mess it's great uh, when you know when the cleaner comes and I said but that's where we're different I just don't care but I don't care that there's washing that needs putting on or this washer needs doing because in terms of priority if I feel like I need to rest, then I'll rest because that's what I need to do. And I'll catch up with things the next day when I'm feeling better. And I think just being able to, that in itself is something, you talk about, you know, looking after yourself. That is a form, for me, a form of looking after myself because what happens for me, and we're all different, but for me, then I go into this like adrenaline level where I then, I finish work and before and after I'm on the go anyway but then you're not getting a moment to think because you are literally rushing around the house or oh, quick hoover quick duster put the toys away prep for the next day you know it's, it's endless isn't it there's, there's just always something but if yeah. I don't actually say okay well actually I'm going to take 20 minutes just to chill out and just take 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 time out that mean, then means that I then cook a better dinner um, I think about what I want for dinner rather than just chucking something on that I just is rushed. And um, there's different ways that you can start to recognize it. I know that, but for me, um, when I'm really busy and I'm even not in the adrenaline busy, but in like just generally really busy, um, that taking the, the time out for my health is just something I'm terrible at. Um, I keep thinking, I asked you about the other day about that detox bottles that you, you you've been looking at. And I went to look at them and it was just like, I, not overwhelmed, but I was just like, oh, that's, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll come back to that later. And then like, you know, weeks and weeks go past. And um, I, I think to myself, oh, I won't have so much tea in a day because I have sugar in my tea. 
I only have two cups of tea a day I won't have five you know and but then I'll do that for two or three days and then I'm like oh so dear I'll <laughs> I want another cup of tea I'll have a cup of tea and it's like my de- my day is fueled by tea um and I, I know they're bad habits I know they're not good things but I think the difference is compare me to maybe a year or so ago maybe a bit more um is that that when I felt that push through when I actually started to feel that you get to an end of a week and it's not just a normal level of having a busy week but actually you've been constantly not stop not take a moment to breathe every single day from the moment you get up to the moment you go to bed that you have weeks and weeks of that because you've not created the space that then you start to feel a level of drain that is just unbearable um and I don't have that anymore and I actually feel okay so although I'm not as healthy as I know I should do I'm not going to beat myself up about it and I will have my tea um at the moment I'll probably go through some fad at some point um and I'd love to lose a little bit of weight I'd love to get fitter I'd love to get stronger um and I don't know why I I don't I just I do it for a moment and then I get bored (laughs) I just and I'm sort of trying to not beat myself up about that and just be honest about it yeah um because fads are I know fads are pointless but what I do know is that I don't do what I used to do which is when I was feeling that pressure to continue pushing on when you've had day after day after day of jumping from one meeting to the next the next call after call after call rushed in here rushing there rushing everywhere day after day after day week after week that you then don't know how to stop or when to stop and you then you're reaching a burnout point I don't allow it to get to that point anymore um, and I think it's recognizing where you sit with that and where what what point you're at in that um, and I think it, lockdown has really tested all of those boundaries as well hasn't it oh, you know if you have yeah. been juggling stuff and most people have been most people have created a new normal of what their acceptable point is of stress or adrenaline and I think that's that's really hard as well that we just accept that that is the new norm um and it's you know knowing your breaking point or hoping you don't ever get to that point but recognizing your energy levels and how you're feeling and your emotions all of that can really help you make just little changes yeah you know and I'm not the healthy healthy 100% of the time probably better than me 80 20 is always my kind of rule I love my chocolate I love a gin and tonic that's okay but I know I know what that affects, you know, I know that that will affect me in different ways. Mm. Um, one of the things that I really started doing through lockdown was creating that me time. And I would get up earlier than normal to go for a run, or I would do some yoga at the end of the day, just to bring me back down again. Cause that's my release. Exercise is always my release, but for other people, it's something totally different. And mm. I mean, we hear this word self-care all the time and it's one of the it's one of the scary words, I think, because I think a lot of people think that self-care has to be, you know, like a day at the spa or like a whole day out. It really doesn't. It can just be 10 minutes quiet with a hot cup of tea. It could, you know, just being, just letting your mind kind of calm down is self-care. We don't have to put that pressure on ourselves. Mm. Um, But going back to that sort of being a CEO, I will make appointments during my day. That is for me. So I will book a yoga class during my working day because I've noticed that about you. Because we've, we've been working with each other in different ways and guises, and I've noticed that you'll come on a call and you'll be like, oh, "I've just had my yoga session." I'm like, "Check her out taking a yoga session in the middle of the day." <laughs> yeah, 
because I get to the point at the end of the day where I'm exhausted and actually I really love to do Bikram yoga which is a little bit tricky when you're doing it at home because I don't have the hot studio but I can't do that in the evenings if I do that massively affects my sleep because it kicks up my adrenaline and then I don't sleep until like two in the morning so I have to do that at the beginning of the day and obviously with the kids around or you know now they're back at school which makes it you know a little bit easier to juggle that's why I do that in the morning so it has to be part of my daytime routine which then means I can do some of the admin stuff in the evening I don't mind that so it's just it's knowing your energy levels knowing where different things affect you I think and planning your day around it and again that's going to be different for everybody um yeah yeah one of the other sort of really big things that I've noticed that has affected how I show up in my business as well as my mental health physical health is creating a bit of a positive environment for myself I hate social media and the negativity side of it. I don't watch the news anymore. I still know what's going on because there is that sort of feed. So I'm really conscious of who I follow on social media, which groups I engage in, which people I spend more time with. Mm. Um, If there's something that I start feeling or I start feeling really angry about or negative about, I'm like, I don't need that. I've got way too many things that I'm too busy to actually be dealing with. That's not helping me. That's not helping my clients. It's not helping my family. So I cut it out. I'm probably a bit ruthless sometimes but you know I've done that with friends to a certain degree not not speaking to them but I choose to them what I'm choose what I'm talking to them about because I don't want their opinions on stuff um yeah and, family that's a yeah. the same issue with family it's um yeah like and, and they're a massive influence and, and on that subject I think partners for particularly women that are listening um depending on the makeup of the relationship and where you are financially and where you are in terms of the input that you're putting. So I'll give an example. And I'm not saying this is, is this is for everybody. Um, but this I could say this would have met me probably about I've been in business 10 years. So probably about six years ago. Maybe maybe a bit more. And um, when then I had my second baby, when I came back, the, the sort of the question was arose again. But basically, you've got a scenario where male and female both working male and female both decide to have children their makeup of their relationship is more not old-fashioned so they're not in their later ages of life where the woman cooks every single dinner and hoovers and cleans and does everything for her man that you can't imagine that being me right that's that's not me um and then a lot of women I come across says there is a level of equalization so where either one does a dishwasher because that's he's better at it and one does the washing or one hoovers and one cleans there is a level of equal part and there are relationships where they're still in a situation where they're the the women's doing a lot the man's doing you know even people in their 30s and 40s etc that's that's the case still and I'm not judging that but I'm just trying to give a financial example on how that is affecting women today which I think is a really big issue so then that, that this couple, who is relatively equal, then had decided to have children. Typically, not everybody, but there are parental leave for, for men as well. But typically, the man is chosen to carry on his career because the female wants to look after the baby more full time. Typically, doesn't need to say that they want to stay, you know, they want six months or they want a year or they want three months, whatever it ends up being. Or financially, they need to go back to work sooner. So both of them are back at work sooner. Now, in an employed scenario, that's relatively straightforward because you have an income coming in and you have a, a childcare cost costing X. Or if you're employed and 
the female decides to give up work, then there's like this decision making made as a couple where, right, well, you're working, you're earning the money, you're looking after the kids. And if that's done healthily, as in the woman is not emotionally, financially put upon because she's not earning any money, then that emotionally and physically can work very well. But there are situations where I often, because you imagine with my job, I hear obviously that's not always perfectly executed. But if you have a business owner, a woman in business, whether they had the business before they became on maternity leave or it became a creation because they had a baby, there becomes a point where, depending on how the relationship was set up, is that let's just say you're paying, you're, you're looking after the kids. So there is a form of childcare, maybe part time, not full time childcare where the baby's little and the, ha- the husband comes home from work at seven o'clock at night and the house is a mess. And, you know, there's, there's, the dishwasher's not done, the washing machine's not done, and the house is a complete mess. And their perception of it is it's not working. And this is just not acceptable. So then there's arguments. So then the female becomes like superwoman and is trying to run the business and look after the kids and keep a keep a hat, keep a home, whatever you want to. That's quite an old term, terminology for me. It just makes me cringe. And I don't believe that that's healthy for anybody. And as a society, we're moving away from you know completely moving away from traditional feelings and thoughts around how it all works but we're still and unfortunately behind closed doors there's actually a lot of unspoken of that kind of thing going on and for women in business I think it's a it can become an issue especially if they're not earning money so they then you know they're not looking after themselves because they haven't got time to breathe and let alone think about themselves they're not bringing in enough money to sort of justify the effort and then you've got a scenario where the house is a mess and dinner's not on time and they've had beans on toast again for dinner. Like we've all we've all been there at some point, let's be honest, whether it's, you know, you know, your partner's come home from a bad day or something. And it's like, hang on, what have you been doing all day? Like, I, I know these conversations go on. Right. And you're like, well, no, you've just been on Facebook. Facebook's not work. That's what my husband says that to me for a joke now. Facebook's not work. And what I'm really worried about for women with, on this subject is that we talk about like International Women's Day was recently and there's a lot of women talking about being superwomen and celebrating these women that are superwomen. But unfortunately, I think it gives the wrong impression on the women that I've just described that are trying to aspire to be like their peers. These women that are running businesses, they've got this successful financially, um, that, you know, they've got all their stuff together, right? But this woman's still grafting down the bottom trying to get there and how do I get there? Well, I've just got to work harder. I've got to be more superwoman. And it's just not healthy mentally, physically for anybody. And I think there's a, and I've been there. So I'm talking from experience. And what happened was, is that once I started earning more money and I was contributing to the family more, then the, the, the shift started to happen with my husband where he went, oh, I get it now. And then his mentality, and it, he wasn't, you know, he was lovely. He was very, very, very supportive. And this is not like me stagging him off or anything. Um, but you can understand if it was the other way around, I'd be, I'd be questioning going, you've been doing this for two and a half years now, you know, <laughs> when's it going to come into fruition? Um, and I think, you know, get, get it for me, getting, being around a community of women and finding the right people to bounce off of and finding the right community in terms of um, people that are all stages and, and getting the right mentors, having the right support and not feeling that, you know, it's, it's all about the fact that you're not achieving or you're not doing something more often than not. 
it could be the slightest little change in your business or something you're doing at home that then is this massive catalyst because these women are you know I've got six five or six people in my team like I don't do it all um um it's, it's, it's that that's the choice I make I lose revenue by having that much support I could do it but I that's the leverage there it has to give somewhere and I choose to make that financially in my revenue by having other members in my team. I pay them to do a job so I don't have to do it. Cause I don't, I choose not to work late at night. I finish. If I work an evening after the kids have gone to bed, it would be until half past eight, no later. Any later than that, I can't sleep. Yeah. Um, and I think it's about knowing your energy levels, knowing what works for you. But it took me, it took me a long time to get the revenue to that point. So it's, a, it's there's this really hard, hard balance. I feel like I've spoken about this subject. It's something I'm really quite passionate about. So um, I'll shut up and let you. No, I, I was going to say I, I, I'm really passionate about it as well. Um, for me, it does go back to that lifestyle and financial piece as well, doesn't it? Like you can't have one without the other. Um, and those sort of three areas that I spoke about with the time, the money and the lifestyle, it, it always comes back to that. And it will be different for everybody because you'll be at different life stages. You'll have kids at different ages. Your business will be at different points. Um, and that's okay. It is really hard when you are trying to earn more money and you're trying to balance everything else that's going on. And you, you, I mean, in some ways, the social media world, it, we see all these comparisons, don't we? We see all these people who are doing mega launches or tell you that they're making all of this and that's okay. But actually staying in your own lane doing for what understanding what you want to do and why you're doing it and remembering that is really important so it is easier said than done and I know that um but I'm really passionate about it from a health and wellness perspective because it means that you can then help more people and you can head towards the lifestyle that you want to um and I love that you know the sort of outsourcing piece as well because again that goes back to your lifestyle goals you might not want a business that is making mega millions you might actually just want something that is does fit with your lifestyle that fits around the kids being at school that's okay too and I think understanding that is what's really important and before we came online we were talking about you know what does wealth mean to you and actually for me it is that mix wealth isn't just about financially rich it's about that whole piece of flexibility and freedom and the lifestyle part of that um my group is called healthy to wealthy business because that's important to me it's the wealthy part is so much more than just the actual financial side it is finance it is lifestyle and when those two come together that's for me when the magic happens because you can live that flexible life that you want to that you know everyone kind of bangs on about and that's what everyone aspires to but when you've got your own business, that's part of the whole point of having your own business for me is that you don't have the corporate red tape that stops you making decisions. You are the CEO to make those decisions and control what happens in your business. And knowing why you're doing that means that you can then make those decisions and then take those steps forward. Even if they're little steps because of where you're at within your lifestyle stage, you can get to the point that you want to. But as you said, you've got if you've got the right people around you, the right mentorship, the right support, the right people who are lifting you up. And that isn't necessarily family and friends. You're much more likely to get there and feel good about it than otherwise. Definitely. And so what's this talking and um, before we finish today, is this sort of top three tips that you would give people? Um, you know, if you they were initially talking to you and they were describing their business and it was just like a quick consultation 
in your mind, what sort of three things would you be suggesting they look at or adjust first? Because sometimes we can overcomplicate stuff and we, get, we make it too, too, too overwhelming. Um, what sort of top three things would you give people where they can start putting their health first and make sure that they become their key asset in their business in, in the truest sense? Definitely. So I always go back to that foundation piece, understanding what your financial goals are, understanding what your lifestyle goals are what's working currently, what's not working, and then looking at what small changes you can make. I call them plugging the the, um, leaky bucket. And quite often that's referred to from a financial side, but actually it's a lifestyle side for me as well. You know, is it that you just want to work the school hours and you're not? So what needs to change in order for you to do that? Um, Is it that you want to have exercise, but you're not doing that because of something else? Well, let's find a way to make that happen. Um, And it might be that you have to think about it in a slightly different way. So it might, instead of being an hour's exercise every other day, it might be 20 minutes exercise every day. So just looking at things in slightly different ways. So yeah, that foundation piece, looking at what you want and how you can make those little tweaks, those little changes will make all the difference. Um, And then for me, adding in some fun, like we're doing this because we want to enjoy it. What makes you light up? You know, are you working with the right people? Are you doing things in a way that is aligned to what you want to do Um, and injecting a bit of fun? And I know that that's really, really hard through lockdown and through everything that we've been through over the last few months, because we are in this status quo of monotony. Um, But there's always ways that you can inject. Oh, God, yes. That's why I did my planner and why I like doing lives and I'm doing my challenges. I, I don't do them because they tick a box in terms of business. You have to do the strategies that you use have to be aligned to what you enjoy doing because otherwise you don't it's not authentic it doesn't come across the right way it doesn't have the same results um and that's one thing that I've learned is that you get thrown all these different ideas all these things that you should be doing you know YouTube and Instagram and LinkedIn and it's endless you know then google and facebook and facebook has it's, it's just endless you know i think really just focusing on you know we talked about maslow's theory um and plato's law around the 80 20 thing so you if you look back at your business and see where you know 80 percent of the results have come from that's probably come that the, the likelihood is that's come from 20 percent of your efforts so then getting rid of the other 80% of effort that's not actually getting 80% of the results will free up your time. And actually time, but a lot of people say, oh, you haven't got time. And it's not true. We make time where we see it's relevant. So I would just encourage people to really look at their week and say, right, where am I spending most of my time? And if that time is not being productively spent, why? Is it the environment like you've talked about having a positive environment? Like my mess, my office is a bit too messy for me at the moment. You can't see it on screen, but there's a pile of stuff over there. Um, and I've, I've, I sometimes when I'm working on client files, it can get a bit like one thing after the next. It feels like an endless list. So I time it and I say, OK, I'm going to work on this file for 20 minutes. and I'm going to get up and I'm going to walk around. And that means that those 20 minutes are so much more focused and I'm not distracted with my phone and my emails and doing other things. So actually by the end of the day, I've got a more productive day. And that means I work less at the weekends and I'm not then catching up at other points. So um, my top tips would be look at how you're spending your time right now, the 80-20 rule where your results are coming from and find ways to be more productive in some of the jobs that you find a little bit harder work than normal. Um, and then that way you can, by looking after yourself and being more productive, you hopefully will make more revenue 
which you know is great and then you might be able to afford like me who's rubbish at fitness maybe a you know a personal trainer which my husband would hate because we've actually got a gym at home and but he's never going to be my personal trainer because that would just be <laughs> annoying <laughs> i can't imagine him more push more chat will <laughs> and that's it you've got to do what works for you haven't you and if it's not him being there or your home gym doesn't work for you because you want to get out and you want to do something different that's okay too yeah I think I like being outside more than anything I just don't see the point of going on a like a walking machine or a bike it's like I'd rather be outside in the fresh air um actually doing it otherwise it feels a bit pointless but um yeah you've got to find your own way right me, me doing yoga in my front room involves my three-year-old climbing over me so um and he just hasn't got he just thinks I'm a climbing frame and it doesn't matter how many times I tell him to get off um he won't and then so him and then my daughter start joining in and they move the table and then they start dancing and then they start playing and it's like this was not the peaceful yoga that I was hoping yeah. for Changes <laughs> <laughs> the dynamic slightly doesn't it yeah definitely so is there any lasting lasting end messages you'd like to leave for the listeners today Sarah oh um yeah, I think it's it's going back to your why. It's kind of, why did you set up your business? What did you want from it? Um, taking a look at all of that stuff that makes you feel good, looking at your financial side, looking at your lifestyle side and making sure that you're intentional with your time, like you were talking about really focusing. There's so many things we can do, but actually there are only certain things that will make a real difference. Mm. So really focusing on that will enable you to free up time to do the other stuff. Um, and yeah, and having that, that business that works for you, that sustainable business, but putting you at the heart of it, you are, you are your business. You are your biggest asset. Um, yes. If you're outsourcing that obviously changes the dynamics slightly, but actually you are still your business owner. So you are that, that's still that most important person within there. Definitely. And how can people connect with you? Um, yeah. So I, um, I have my website, which is sarahcookmarketing.com. Um, or if you're in the health and wellness space, then my free group on Facebook is Healthy Business to Wealthy Business, which is where I spend quite a lot of time. Brilliant. Well, um, go and check those out, especially if you're in a health and wellness. Be- uh, and you've got a podcast coming out soon as well. So they, they find that on your website, right? Yeah, absolutely. And is that going to be for health and wellness uh, prof- professionals as well or specifically or for everybody? Yeah, it will be, um, it'll be targeted towards health and wellness business owners, but actually anyone will get the kind of information from there because it'll be broader across. It's not just me talking, I'm interviewing people um, across a whole load of different industries. Um, and it's all about having a healthy business and what that means to you. So yeah, it's going to be exciting. Fabulous. We'll definitely go and check that out. Thank you for joining and having a conversation with me today. I've really enjoyed the, uh, the, the, the different stance in terms of talking about money and wealth and success in really how I feel about it in the terms of it's, it's not all about the money. It's about how you show up and how successful you feel. And that includes you and who, who you are and what you're about as much as how much you have in your bank account is actually a little bit irrelevant because it's about how you feel about it. Absolutely. All right, well, everyone have a lovely day and thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Accelerate Your Wealth. If you'd like to take the steps to accelerate your wealth further, perhaps owning it more or maximizing it to its full potential, please do head over to our free Facebook group, The Money Mastery Collective, where we post regular updates on tips to maximize your wealth and also support you along the way. We'd love to see you there.